Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Our Sacred Spaces message series today, uh, I've gotten you out here late several times in a row. I know you need to prepare men for uh, our get-together. Ladies, you need to prepare for whatever women do when the men aren't around uh, needing something. Um, and uh, uh, um, hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> hallelujah. Uh, have peace, maybe. Um, I have several things going through my head right now, uh, one of which is the Spirit of God. Uh, which is messing with everything else going through my head. So uh, I'm going to try to talk. If you're online, <clears throat> presence of God is really already sweet here. Um, I hope it is where you are. Uh, we're at the end of service today. If you're comfortable, uh, we're going to have some people who are going to lay hands and pray for you. Uh, we're going to do it. Yeah, we're doing it briefly. But here, let me explain uh, what's happening. Um, everybody in the room, if you're watching us online, has a mask on except the people on stage. Uh, and so we, we've not um, decided we're, we're over coronavirus, you know, we're just going to move on from it. Um, that's not what's happened at all. Um, also, we're at a place, I think, it's been a year now uh, that we've been doing this. It's going to be a year on March 20th or something like that, right? Is it 12th? Something. Anyway, it's been, it's been a year now. Uh, and at this point, you know where your comfort level is. Um, we're going to continue wearing masks indoors, uh, but there's people who will not come back uh, until there's no coronavirus on the planet, there's no flu on the planet, there's no sickness or sadness on the planet, right? So there's a certain uh, group of people who are just now shut-ins, right? Uh, most of us are somewhere in between shut-in and, well, if I die, I die, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, on neither, I'm on neither one of those extremes, <laughs> right? Uh, but we all find ourselves somewhere in the midst, and what we have decided here at Revival Life is uh, there are people who are... Um, uh, who are not immunocompromised, immunosuppressed, right? I've, I've been corrected so many times over the last year. I hope I'm getting this correct finally. Um, there's people who aren't immunosuppressed who, um, who are do, you know, following the science, wearing a mask uh, where necessary, and they're comfortable being within six feet of other people um, to receive prayer as long as everybody has a mask on. If that's where you're at, we're going to have some people in the front who will pray for you. Um, there's people in the world who are living their lives we want to invite them to church, right? Um, no, we can't, yeah, amen, 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 amen. We, we're going to invite these people to church, and we're going to get together, and we're going to see lives transformed in Boca Raton. Those of you online, um, you understand the people who are not able to go outside, and you need to be inviting people, uh, maybe getting together in small groups, having watch parties at your house, uh, but we have to be a little more active in our faith, right? Um, and so we, we just, um, we, we know that this is where we're at, and we're going to pray for people. Um, if you're like, uh, there's, that is just not safe. I, I completely respect that. Um, and you can either stay in your seat and somebody will pray for you at a distance, uh, or you can ascend to the mountain of most high on your own. I mean, we, we can, right? Like God is, he's, he's beyond, um, our, our little spaces, but, uh, there's something about the human touch that we have been sorely lacking in the last year that I think we have devalued uh, in, in, in seeking to preserve ourselves, but we're, we're never called to live in a season of preservation. Um, and um, and at sometimes we've got to make some hard decisions to live in freedom. And that's going to be scary, and you need to use your brain uh, and talk with the people closest to you. You can't make that decision on your own if you live with other people. 
This needs to be a communal conversation. Um, and so uh, that, that's what I, um, this is what I would encourage you to do. Uh, if you uh, live with other people, uh, I hope that you are actually having clean, sanctified uh, human touch. Um, and, you know, because uh, I'm just going to be honest. You know, what pastor said, no, that's not what I said. What I, what I said was pray for one another and shake hands, have a hug here and there, um, you know. Amen. So you got to be, you, you just don't know what people are hearing. You got to be clear on what you're saying, right? Um, hallelujah. <clears throat> but human touch is important. Uh, your emotions are important. Your comfort uh, is important. Uh, your holiness is also important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fly through Luke 24 here in a minute, uh, but I want to close out the Sacred Spaces message series. And um, <clears throat> what, what we have found um, is as you mature in Christ, as you mature in Christ, you can't live off milk anymore. You need some, for lack of a better term, the, the word calls it meat, right? Um, this is not a dietary thing, but the, the word calls it meat. And so we want the meat of God. We, 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 don't want, uh, we don't want watery soup fed to us every week. We don't want it ladled out to us, you know. I don't, I don't want to eat, I don't want to be able to eat my meat with a spoon. How about you, you know? Uh, when, you're, when, you're, when your jaw is wired shut, uh, and the only way you can get meat is through a straw, right? I don't want anything to go, I, I, when, I, when you're new in Christ, uh, if you've just come into a relationship with Jesus, you need some, you need some easy to eat stuff. You haven't gotten teeth yet, you're, you're, you're chewing with gums, right? And so with babies, we just mush things into a mush and we feed them and they get it all over them. So you, you don't know what's peas, what's carrots, and what's, what's steak, right? You don't know. It's just all blended together, right? Uh, but as you get older, we start giving things a little a little, require a little more effort as the kids get older, right? As they learn, like, I need a little more sustenance than, than mushed peas is going to give me, right? I need a little more uh, sustenance than uh, just, just cooked carrots. Like, I need some meat. I need some potatoes. You know, I need, I need, I need some roughage. You know, I need, I need stuff that is going to put some meat on my bones, right? And, um, and, 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 and even those who are uh, vegetarians uh, and do it with a brain, like it takes work to be a good vegetarian because you have to really be cognizant of what you're putting in your body to meet all your needs, right? Right? Uh, and, and so um, when you're a child, you don't ever think about that. You're just like, ooh, tastes good, give me more. Yeah. Right? Like uh, babies don't throw a fit and say, I'm not sure I've gotten all the iron I need this week. <laughs> right? They're trusting you. And when you're a, a baby Christian, uh, you're happy with just, ooh, that was entertaining. Right? When you're, when, you're, when you're young, it's got to taste good because every meal has to be entertaining. But as you become mature, you're not there for the entertainment factor. You're, you're there for the refinement. You're there uh, for the quality uh, of, of, of the food. When I was, yeah, amen. When I, when I was 11, I would eat at Burger King because I didn't care. Just, you know, it was meat. It was bread. It was, now I can't eat at Burger King. No, no, no don't judge me, uh, but my wife has, has destroyed my palate to crappy food. Oh, I shouldn't have said it that way. To cheap food. Uh, processed meat that isn't actually meat, right? You know, meat-like substances, right? Like, I, I, want, I want good food. Um, I, I want stuff that's going to stick on my bones. I don't want stuff that, you know, a year from now I'm going to find out, oh, what do you know, that, that gave me a tumor, right? Um, yeah. Amen. And, and, and as believers, we need to be thinking the same way about our soul and our spirit, man. I, I, don't, I don't just want, I, I can't live off of junk food. I, I can't live off of soupy milk. 
Uh, I, I appreciate the effort you've put into the production, but I'm listening through that. Uh, we were in our last song of worship, and you got to decide, was this worship speaking to my soul, or am I just looking to be entertained? We then prayed, and that stuff we were praying for was actually happening in the room. The peace, the strength. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be served uh, an expensive meal and then just eat the dessert. Like, I, I, I want what was been prepared for the last, you know, couple thousand years of Christianity, of theology, and I want it processed well in that uh, it will put meat on my bones and last me for eternity. I appreciate um, this, the number of teachers that are in the body of Christ this year, excuse me, in this season, in the last, you know, 20, 30, 50 years, uh, and how they've just uh, put an emphasis on um, communicating well. Uh, I'm now uh, ready for the wider church to focus a little more on what they're communicating. Um, I, 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 I appreciate um, that people have made it very easy to eat steak by cutting it into very, very, very small pieces, uh, but I can chew a little bit. Give me something that needs chewing on. I, 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 on, a, on a good meal, it takes a minute to chew it. Uh, soup, you can just drink. Meat takes a little bit of effort to process. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And I want, I, want, I want to know about Jesus in ways that challenges who I am as a person. I, I, want, I want theology that, that challenges Carl Thomas to say, this is who you say about Jesus. This is your life. Let me see how they meet. How, how, how does your life reflecting these truths? I, 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 want, I want to be challenged in a way that causes me to challenge this world. Are you following Christ or are you being entertained with chocolate milk once a week? I, I, amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I'm ready. I'm ready for some meat. How about you? And the way God, the way God does that in our lives uh, by His Spirit, uh, 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 by, by the word, but where it gets worked out is in your relationships. This gets worked out in your relationships. I only know myself through my relationships. We are not good judges of ourselves. We are not good judges of ourselves. We are only, we only true or no, truly know ourselves through our interactions with other people. Because who you think you are in your heart is not the same person often as who you hear coming out of your mouth. And what's coming out of your mouth is really who you are. What's coming out in your relationships is really who you are. How you're dealing with stress is really who you are. And uh, we, we have this picture in heaven of the angels who are circling the throne, crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And really in the midst of all their relationships with one another is God. And they're viewing one another through the presence of God. And therefore, their interaction with one another is holy. Okay, I'll unpack that in a moment. What, what does it look like? What does it look like to um, encounter God in a way in your life that creates a sacred space that affects the relationships in your life in the world around you? That, that's what I want. I, I don't, I don't want to just know how to do church really well. I, I, don't, I don't just want to know how to do the experience. I don't want to know how to open my Bible at the right time and say the right amen. I want to move on from dead religion into life in the spirit where I actually am reflecting, not only reflecting God's image, 
Uh, because I'm an image bearer, I want to carry his presence into the world. What does this look like? Well, for some of you, it looks like a, you know, a walking revival service, and that's okay. That's who you're called to be. But not everybody in here is necessarily called to operate that way. I want, I want to tell you one real quick story uh, to kind of inspire you. Uh, I went to, uh, I grew up in Delray, as you know. I went to Carver. Um, I went to the old Carver. It's not there anymore. They have a new building. Uh, but Carver was named after a man. You all know who he is. He's George Washington Carver. You've heard of him, yes? Yeah. George Washington Carver um, was born in slavery. Uh, uh, slavery ended soon after his birth, within a couple of years. Kind of a tragic life. But um, in those days, uh, cotton was king, right? So cotton is a crop that was very lucrative for the South, but cotton is bad for the land, uh, cotton strips the land of its nutrients, and year after year, the South uh, grew cotton, and it depleted the soil. Uh, and they didn't know how to fix that. And what they found out was that um, peanuts, uh, when you grow peanuts, it replenishes the land. It's really great for the soil. Gardeners know that. Um, and there's types of wild peanuts that you can grow. They're, they're wild, right, that you can grow in Florida that help you cultivate the ground. And so uh, George Washington Carver, they're having a good old time. Uh, I'm happy. Amen. Aren't you glad the kids aren't learning to be miserable in church? Amen. Um, and so uh, they, they, they convinced these farmers to grow peanuts to replenish as a, as a rotation crop to fix the land. But peanuts back then were only used for horse feed. Uh, and so all the farmers did it. Then they flooded the market. And then there was nothing to do with the peanuts. So these farmers were sowing crops that weren't making any money. And George Washington Carver, um, he was a farmer, but he was also a brilliant man. He, um, again, grew up not being allowed to learn to read, uh, but wound up not only finishing high school, finishing college, becoming a professor. Um, and so he was, uh, he, he was a believer. He loved Jesus. He loved God. And uh, one day he went um, in, he wanted to help people uh, he wanted to help these farmers replenish their land, uh, but he also wanted to know more about God. And so George Washington Carver, in his prayer time, said to God, he said, Dear Mr. Creator, as he tells the story, he tells God, please tell me, what is the purpose of the universe? This is his question. What is the purpose of the universe? I would love to hear God's answer to that question, wouldn't you? What is the purpose of the universe? And here's what God told him. He said, he said, uh, you want to know too much for that little mind of yours. Ask for something more your size, little man. This is what God said to him. He said, then I asked, okay, dear Mr. Creator, tell me what was I made for? And again, God said, you're still asking too much. Cut it down. He said, cut it down on the extent and improve the intent. Make it smaller. Don't be selfish. Right? And so he says, God, we got this peanut crop that will help people, but they can't find a purpose for it. Tell me what the peanut was made for. And here's, what, here's how he writes it in his journal. And the Lord said to me, separate the peanut into water, fats, oils, gums, resins, sugars, starches, and amino acids. Then recombine these under my three laws of compatibility, temperature, and pressure. Then the Lord said, then you will know why I made the peanut. You're like, okay, wow, there, there's something. 
Within 10 days of that moment, George Washington Carver discovered 300 uses for the peanut. Within 10 days. One, one trip to the, to the sacred place with God. One trip into the sacred place. Not only made this former slave into a world-renowned scientist, but it changed the agricultural industry in the United States. All because he listened to, felt, and cultivated a sacred space with God. This, this, come on, this is the kind of sacred space we're looking for as a church. Not just, not, not simply, I, you know, I love going to God and I need to go to God and get reassurance about who I am, but I've already been filled with the Spirit. I've already been saved. Like, I've already been to the mountaintop, so to speak. I, 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 I have been infilled with the Spirit. I speak in unknown tongues. I, I, I've, I've beheld the mystery of God. I don't need to keep going on that mountaintop to keep getting more of the same thing. What I need to do now is say, okay, why did you do that in me? And how can I take this sacred space to help the people around me? How, how do I, it, it, amen, and, 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 and how do I, how do I in my little sphere of influence, how, how do I in my little life, how do I say, here are the things that you have taught me, Lord, how do I carry this into the world? and change the world for the better based on the sacred space I've created with you. This, this is what I want to aspire you. This is what I want to provoke you. This is what I want to kind of challenge you to look for and cultivate in your life. How do I, how do I take this baptism of the Spirit? How do I take this new way of learning that we have gained by the baptism of the Spirit, by understanding who God is. How do I take this and change the world around me to reflect His nature? How, how, do I, how do I serve the world around me through the grace God has given me? And, and, and these answers are often found not, not in going to heaven to find out great mysteries, but looking what the Lord has just put in your life and asking why. How can I use this to serve the people around me and your purposes. Is that making sense? Is that resonating with you? Imagine one trip, one trip into the secret place, a man born in 1860s, and they're still naming schools after him. You, you want a legacy? St start taking the gift of God in your life and serving your fellow man with it. This, this is it. This is our purpose. This is our call. This is who we are. As believers, this is this modeling of sacred spaces. You see, George Washington Carver saw himself in the community of farmers in the South. He, he identified with the United States. These are my people. These, are, these farmers are my people. What's happening in the drought, these are, this land that has been depleted, this is my land as well. You see, he's identifying with the world around him. And he's saying, how? How can these people look at me and see the glory? How can I look at them through the glory of God? How do we make this relationship a sacred relationship? You see, you don't just go to work. You, you, as a believer, as someone who's been saved by Jesus, as someone who has confessed the risen lamb, you don't just go to 
the market. You don't just go home to your family. You are a carrier of Christ's image everywhere you go. And the goal is to bring the presence of God with you in such a way that people see you through the glory and you see them through the glory, seeing the God gift on the inside of them, seeing the, the, the deposit of heaven on the inside of them, seeing their problems through the wisdom of God. This is not, see, the world views each other's problems through eyes of judgment. Every now and then you'll get a compassionate person who God has gifted in a certain way to view people compassionately, but the world sees it through competition through judgment, through if you're getting something good, that means I'm not getting something good. Whereas we, the believer, are training ourselves to see the world through the glory of God and says, hey, I look at you and I see where you think you are, but I see where you could be. I see where God is bringing you. I, I see uh, what you are actually created for. I see the redemptive purpose in this benign thing in my life. This is a sacred space becoming a sacred relationship. Let, let, let's look at um, Luke chapter 24. Oh, I'm going to rush through this. I said I was going to get you out early. Now I'm just not going to get you out late. That's where we've gotten to now. Um, soon I'll be at not get you out too late. That's where we're going, just to kind of map this out for you. Luke chapter 24, we're going to start here in uh, verse uh, 41. It says, <clears throat> Just to kind of give you the backstory, Jesus, of course, uh, was murdered. He was risen from the dead now. Uh, and um, Luke chapter 24, he's talking to the disciples who just realized this is Jesus. And he says to them in verse 41, while they still could not believe it, meaning Jesus was, you know, they saw him murdered and now here he is, could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you anything here to eat. They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things which were written about me in the law of the Moses, in the law of Moses and the prophets, in the Psalms, must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. This, this part of the story is way too overlooked, and we don't have time to fully understand pack this. But it's in the midst of sacred relationship that they understood the Bible. See, the Bible is a book written to people in how we interact with other people. This is the goal. And how we see the laws of God and the ways of God in interacting with other people in a way that you can't just sit there with God alone and fully understand the Scriptures. It's by the Spirit that we understand the Bible, but it's only in the midst of sacred spaces in those relationships that we can fully understand what's happening in the Scriptures. And as they sat down, ate a meal with Jesus that the Scriptures were open to them. He didn't have a Bible study. He, 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 didn't, he didn't have a discipleship plan at that moment. He sat down, created a sacred space, and in there the scriptures were open. I have so much more to say about that, but we don't have time because George Washington Carver took up too much time. And so, Jesus, why did Jesus come back and eat fish with them? Why, why would he need to eat now that he has already conquered death? Why, why would he attend to his very flesh? This, this is a model. Jesus is reaffirming us as people. 
He didn't say, I need you to come up and be an angel. He came down and became flesh. So, you know, we are trying to be angelic, and Jesus came down to be man. He doesn't want to deny our humanity. He doesn't want to deny who you are. He's not trying to make you somebody you aren't. What he's trying to do is sanctify our humanity. He's trying to set apart our humanity that doesn't reflect him. He has flesh. We have flesh. He had emotions. We had emotions. He had an all-encompassing call. We have a partially encompassing call. And we need to reflect the model of Jesus Christ in our lives. And as Jesus in the flesh came and acknowledged their flesh eating, the Spirit came down and dwelt in the midst of them and brought true understanding. See, at sin, when we were separated from God, as I've said before, our heart and our minds were separated. And Jesus is trying to reintegrate them in the midst of God, in the midst of people. It's not just what's in our heart. It's not just what's in our mind. It's how we integrate the mind of God with the heart of Jesus. How do we integrate these two things in our relationships? Am I speaking too deep or is this working out right now? I don't want to make sure this isn't too disconnected. Um, uh, I've spent time with God and um, I have um, really had a re- trajectory uh, of what I believe it means to be a spirit-filled Christian in this world. I believe everything I believed before, I just believe now why. Uh, which, when you understand the why, it affects the how. When you understand the why, it changes the what. And next, next uh, service, excuse me, next, next uh, message series, we're doing a, a message series on the prophets uh, in the Old Covenant. We're specifically going to drill down in, on Elijah and the prophets of Baal, on Mount Carmel, and I believe the Lord is speaking to us about the new prophetic direction He wants the church to go in. So I hope you come around for that. This is, that's going to be super good. I'm so excited. I've been studying so much for it. Um, but, you know, as we get sanctified, we reconnect our head and our heart in, in a way um, that enables us to purposefully uh, display the love of God to the world. I hope that makes sense. David said to uh, God, reunite my heart. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite, because our heart gets divided. Unite my heart to fear your name. Okay, so watch this. Verse 46, he said to them, after he opened the word to them, and he says, thus it is written, open their mind to understand the scripture. Then he began talking to them through scripture. Through relationship, they understood the scripture. Clearly, they had it in them. They had scripture in them to understand. After they had fellowship, They understood the scripture. Then Jesus started quoting the scripture. Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed, spoken, lived, embodied in his name to all nations beginning with Jerusalem. You see, your sacred space makes room for God to move in your life. Makes room for God to move through your life as you create this sacred space with God and you invite other people into this as you're vulnerable it's I just find it so amazing that as Jesus is modeling this sacred space the people were free to communicate their fears their disbelief their joys their their doubt and in the midst of that with other people see the enemy in dead religion wants you to deny what's going on internally 
Dead religion doesn't want you to be grieving. Dead religion says, no, no, we're just going to be joyful. Every, every church service is a joyful service. Every, every, every gathering is a, is a praise gathering. Every, every season is a, is a season of growth. Whereas true life in the Spirit says, hey, there's a number. There's a whole section of Psalms called Psalms of Lament. They're, 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 they're teaching us how to grieve, how to be sad with hope, how to understand that what's happening is not God's best yet teaching me how to live with other people in a way that I'm going to get through this without denying it. Is that making sense? Come on. Yeah, this is what God wants for you. He wants you to be able to process the full humanity in community and through the Spirit. And so Jesus here, he's teaching them as you make sacred space in authentic relationships, the Spirit of God, you've made room for him to come in and transform who you are. Now, if you're away from God today, um, I, I just want to commend you for coming into a sacred space. I want to commend you to coming into the place where God's grace abounds, where God's beauty abounds, where God's mercy, where, where he calls you back, not in a way of saying, are you ready to get spanked, but a way of saying, hey, are you ready to deal with the pain that made you run in the first place? Are you ready to be brave enough to get a little uncomfortable so I can Heal what separated you from God. I think it takes more courage to do that than it does to get punished. I think, I think it takes more courage to say, I am wounded. And my wounding, my woundedness has caused me to be somebody I don't want to be. I'm not blaming my woundedness. I'm, I'm blaming the, 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 the tumor it caused in my personality. Amen. And it takes more courage to say, yeah, I, I now walk with a limp because I found out I can't run as fast as I thought. It takes more courage to do that than to say, okay, I'm ready to be punished. I'm ready for God's whipping. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready for the reproof of the Lord. That's, that's the easy part. The reproof and the correction says, you're going to give me the direction for me. Embracing your humanity says, yeah, I really am flawed. I really don't have all the answers. I really need community around me. I, I, I really need help. I really need help. I need help with you, God, and I need help with other people. Dead religion doesn't want you to ever admit that. Life in the Spirit says, there's more. There's more than what I'm experiencing. There's more than what I know I have been drinking milk, and now I'm not strong. I'm ready for some meat in areas that I just wanted to drink through a straw. So let's pray real quick, if we could. Help me out here, Brandon. I think Brandon is my uh, worship director right now. Uh, Just, Father, I pray for those who are away from you today. For those who... um, Father, for those who... uh, need courage today to deal to deal with the problems of life who need who need help from you and have been scared to admit that they're wounded people who need your strength and your courage so father in the name of Jesus uh, I don't know who that is right now but <clears throat> maybe you're online maybe you're here in the room and you're ready to sign up you're ready for some milk you're ready for some meat you've been you know Areas of your life you've, you've, you've had to drink through a straw because seemingly your jaw's been wired shut. 
I want you to surrender. I want to invite you to surrender right now. I want to invite you to just say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to sign up for your healing journey. I want to sign up to get back on your path. I'm ready to reconnect with you. Let's all pray this together. Stand if you would, please. Let's all just pray this together. We're just going to ask God to forgive us of what we've done wrong and to come, bring us back on that healing journey. Just say, Jesus. Let's all say it together. Jesus, forgive me. I'm ready for meat. And I trust you. Save me from myself. And bring me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. I, I want to I I quickly look at the next verse. Verse 48, he says, You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, here is the promise on the other side of that courage. See, the power you have been looking for, you're like, oh, I got I to gotta run back and I, gotta, I want power. No, no, it's only through Jesus Christ that you get this baptism of the Spirit that you live in power. You now, since you understand your relationship with God, your relationship with other people, you see that the Scriptures are only really opened in the midst of relationship, that God has placed other people in your life to be a reflection that as you, as you gather with them, the Spirit of God is right there in the midst and you look through the Spirit at other people and you behold the image of the Lord as you see them. And it's a reflection upon yourself and how you need to change. You create your own sacred space that you now can invite other people into. George Washington Carver created a sacred place that changed the agricultural industry in the United States 150 years ago, 130 years ago. Who knows what is going to come out of your sacred space that God has called you to cultivate? Who knows what relationship you're carrying with you that as you create a holy sacred space and you speak to someone else, they encounter that spirit of God that they can be transformed Shakaba, as well. See, you need that baptism of the spirit so this power can come upon you and you can create this atmosphere of power for other people that they come out of the curse of this world. They come into the promise of God and their lives are changed. Amen. Hear me, this Saturday is Saturday serve. Don't, don't, don't let this opportunity where you get to partner with the rest of the church, and it's not just you going out there and being the church by yourself, but supernaturally, you are connected with every other believer in this house on the first Saturday of the month, creating a sacred space in this area in South Florida for people to encounter God through good works. Can you say Amen. Fellas, you need to, you, men are terrible at this. You need to cultivate some sacred relationships. We have the men's getting, getaway. We have men's uh, groups. We have men's uh, uh, Instagram chats. You need to be in these things to have real 
holy relationships to learn what is it like to be a New Testament man. Oh, what do you mean? Different than a woman? Yeah, it just is. Oh, you're saying men are better? I, you said that, not me. I'm just saying men are different. And you need some men to tell you, hey, that ain't holy. That, 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 ain't, that ain't how men operate in the kingdom. This is not how we treat our, this is not a sacred space that you're creating in your family. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the promise of God right there. Yeah, I'm praying for you. To come. come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? We, we need these purposeful relationships. 